talking about what's new with Los Angeles Clippers. There's always so much to discuss. Let's jump right in. It's LA Clips Forum. It's LA Clips Forum with Jesse and Brian. Welcome to the LA Clips Forum. My name is Brian Andrew. Got my co-host back, Jesse Sandoval. How you doing? Oh, he's on mute. Perfect. <laughs> back in mid-season form already. Uh, my bad. <laughs> Dude, uh, I, I, uh, I was just talking to you. I don't even know what you had to put put it on mute for. Dude, I literally unmuted myself. I, I then... didn't. I didn't give you an opportunity to put it on mute, let alone have you be muted. I, I, have, I have no. I swear. I thought I put myself unmute because I saw you muted me for like the test, or did you? Well, I, don't know. I didn't I'm mute not. you. You did that oh, yourself. <laughs> oh shit! My bad. Uh, well, yeah. Jesse, what's up, guys? <laughs> we got some guests. You know, uh, I pulled this person from around the world to come to this podcast. Uh, Clayton Stevens, how you doing, sir? I'm good. Right now, I'm looking at my dog who's trying to get into a bag of chips. Don't you know you can't get in that? So, uh, yeah, no, I'm good. It's good, good to see I, you guys. I, I, like, I respect that you're like, I got this podcast. I'm going to be professional. I'm not going to stop my dog from eating these chips. Well, the chips are closed, so she's got no chance, but oh, she's okay. looking to see if, you know. All right. Um, my dog just got a bath maybe about 25 minutes ago. So it's oh, like so your dog's pissed. It's in, yeah, it's in between zoomies, in between trying to get warm. Uh, and if it's a trade deadline episode, we usually have to have Jake on. Jake, how you doing, sir? Hello. How's everybody doing? Um, PJ Tucker time, baby. There we go. <laughs> Time it is. You know what time it is already, man. Is is that where we want to start the podcast? Yeah, you know what time it is already. We we don't you don't, you don't want to start about you don't want to start with the one move we made today. Wait, what? what I thought I thought yeah I thought this was an emergency podcast for the Ishmael, Kamagate, <laughs> Kamagate. I'm assuming I'm assuming a... he's European. I'm assuming it's Gate. Yeah. So, so Ishmael Kamagate. Um, Plus cash considerations, which I still don't really know what is to be considered. <laughs> I would think that there's an amount agreed upon, but apparently not. So they're considering sending cash, which I hope they don't, or I don't really care because it's the Balmer's money. And uh, the last time we'll be able to do that, boys. Let's let's not forget this is the last time as an over over the tax team that we're going to be able to buy a player. So Ishmael <clears throat> Kamagate, you're the last. Appreciate there you it. go. End of an era, right? Uh, what are the odds this person ever plays in the NBA? Everyone, let's go. <laughs> Give me a percentage, everybody. Uh, we'll start with Jesse. Uh, I go with 80%. You think he's going to play in the NBA? 80%. I respect that. Oh, my bad. I thought G League included, but uh, I guess... You uh... know uh Sure, G League's included. 80%. You think he's going to come from... I, I don't know what country he's playing in right now, but I know he's French. He's coming. You think... All right, 80%. I give it eight percent. How about you, Clayton? If we're including summer league, I think he's probably got a good chance to be on the summer league roster. Okay. So, what percentage do you think? All right, we'll include summer league. I think I think he's got like a ninety percent chance to be on the summer league roster if you know uh, there's no massive change. Okay, Jake. Uh, like ten. Look up where he is playing. I, I got it know, now. I know nothing about him. So if I knew something, like 
I don't know where he plays. I don't know like apparently he's good. I'm not I'm not gonna even, I'm not gonna I mean, he's playing here, he's playing he's playing in Italy, he's playing in the Euro League right now. Um he's okay. twenty three years old and he's six eleven. I mean realistically, I mean I think you know, it's a draft and stash situation. You it doesn't take up a roster spot and like I said, I think maybe you invite him to summer league and, and see what happens. And this is your last chance to buy a player for that. And we got him, you know? So I think, I don't really think there's more to it than that. If you think about it with the new CBA too, we could be in a situation where we really have a hard time fielding a roster in the next like three, four years. And we're just like, we need a 12th person here. Do you want to come play in the United States? And he's like, sure. Totally. You know, but that's, yeah, we spent a lot more time on that than I thought. Let's get into PJ Tucker. <laughs> uh, so for the last two to three weeks, two to three months, forever, seems like PJ Tucker has been frustrated with his playing time. He's been vocal to the media that he's like, I would prefer to go somewhere where I could play. And it looks like uh, that didn't happen. I'm assuming, you know, without knowing too much, that teams were saying, hey, we want Brandon Boston or we want Bones. And then the Clippers were like, sure, but then you need to attach X, Y, and Z to that if we're including those players. And some teams probably just said no. He's 39 years old, not extremely useful anymore, and he still has another year on his contract. So I felt like this was going to be a tough move regardless. But there was teams interested apparently a month ago, and I don't know what happened then. So, uh, PJ Tucker, probably getting playoff minutes now. Uh, what are your thoughts, Jesse? My only thought is you shouldn't even wait till it happens. You should just order it so you can wear it. Oh, the Josh at the game. Yeah, at the game when it happens, you're ready. Oh, okay. Because it's going to happen for sure. It's not, it's not, it's not that, you know, be, you got to stay ready. So you're, or what is it? You got to stay ready or. <laughs> yeah, don't don't even wait for the day he actually plays. It's gonna happen. Just go ahead and order it, so you yeah. have it have it ready to rock that game. It's uh, it's not that you have to get ready. You have to stay ready. Is that is that what I have to do? You know, I'm part of the stay ready squad for the Clippers with my Josh Primo jersey. Dude, that photo's gonna look amazing. I'm not gonna lie. Jake, I think you're on mute. I'm not sure. No, it doesn't say you're on mute. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Cool. You said uh, something that looked funny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, like I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, going into the next like fifteen games if he actually starts playing. Oh, okay, like ramping him up, ramping him up. Uh, and and personally, like, you know, people really hate on him. I I, I like that old school type of hooper. That like you know, like get up under you, like, like Jake. Let's get into it, man. Like last night, Plumley was just getting massacred by zion dude massacred and like when it comes down to the playoffs of the clippers there's only a few matchups that we have no answer for zion is one of them Jokic is one of them and then of course just the general size of teams like the lakers and timberwolves um pj tucker matters like i just don't understand how anyone could come out of this not thinking he doesn't matter like he's a super tough physical guy who goes against bigs. That's his specialty. Like this is what he does. Like he has one skill left. I agree with you, Brian, that like offensively PJ Tucker's 
about as cooked as an NBA player can be. I, I do understand that. Mm-hmm. But we know he has one skill left, and that's bodying big dudes, getting into guys and making shit happen in the playoffs. Like that's what he's known for. Like this that's the whole reason he's on the team. And I went through before this podcast, looked up all the buyout candidates, looked up, you know, really thought about who got traded today, thought about those things. And I thought, who can do a better job on the guys that I'm talking about, the Jokic's, the Towns, like there's nobody better than PJ Tucker that was genuinely available to get for those guys. So I'm thrilled that they kept him. I've been saying it since before uh, you guys came on here and had that discussion a couple weeks ago. Like he has one great use and we have him on the roster. So that that's just kind of where I'm at with that. I know you agree, Jake. I, I mean, I fully agree. I think that like when it gets down to it, um, like you said, Plumlee was getting destroyed. I'm not saying PJ's stopping him, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like he's get he's he's not falling for it. Ten like, minutes, ten, ten minutes, minutes, twelve minutes, yeah, like possession. you know. I got some perspective here. Like here, here's this. I I argue with my friends that are Laker fans all the time, right? And I tell them. Jared Vanderbilt. I think Jared Van- Vanderbilt averages like three points a game. Mm-hmm. Like, like for the season, averages three points a game. He gets paid around the same as PJ Tucker. He's just younger. He's just younger. He's more spry. He's a spring. Like he, he, he's obviously not season as season fifteen years in sixteen, whatever it is. Like this is this is what he does: small ball five, go in, rough up big guys, rough up wing players. It's just his style, and I could definitely see a series. Whether we play New Orleans or whether we even Dallas, like we play Dallas now, you know, if you want to throw him on Luca for a couple possessions, I absolutely can see it. Absolutely. He's at least a player that we don't mind if he goes in there and picks up like four quick. Oh, no, no, people are going to mind. Like, (laughs) no, 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 no. People are going to be, I I might even be generous. Like, it's not uh, I'm a, it's not that I'm against PJ Tucker playing entirely. It's more that I don't know if he's going to be used in the right spot at the right time. And if he starts to play decent or if he seems like he's the only one quote unquote who could contain Zion or whoever we're playing in the playoffs, then he's going to play a lot more than we want. And I think that's where I get a little and here, here, but here's my question Brian, like yeah. is your concern is your your concern is the offense, right? You're concerned with PJ as the offense? A little bit, but it's not like it's not like he's a stopper anymore defensively either. It's just like you said, he can rough up a couple people, but he he's not going to be a point of attack defender anymore. Like if he gets switched on the wrong person. But that's person, not why he's never been a point of attack defender. Like his specialty is going against big guys. Like that's he's a six four guy who can for some reason he has been gifted from God. At six four, to <laughs> guard guys who are seven foot tall, no one knows why he can do it. But we even saw it last year in the playoffs, or no, right before the playoffs, right versus Jokic, he had that crazy game defending Jokic, and everyone was like, "Dude, what? PJ Tucker's insane!" And that was like, that really was like ten months ago. It really wasn't that long ago. I, I I just he's not a good basketball player, and yes, he has a skill that he could bring. But let, let, let's be real, he's just not a good basketball player. And all right, I mean, here's more perspective. Let's say we would have bought him, like we bought him out, or let's say like uh, we trade him and some team grabs him. I guarantee you, if the Phoenix Suns had him, they'll play him. And that's like, fine. That's fine with I, me. I guarantee it. <laughs> but, but but 
not not like I mean like he's playing real minutes. Like that's my thing. My thing is like if we throw him out there in a matchup, ten minutes, and what if he excels? What if he wins us a playoff game? Like I can see that. Like absolutely. No. I, I agree with your point that he could go in there and maybe rough up Zion or go in there and make things difficult for Jokic or something like that. I, I, I agree with that. He can make things more difficult, but it's not like he's going to go in there and be significantly better than a lot of players we have already on the team. Look, like the scouting report is off on him. He hasn't played all year. When he gets in the no, game. It's a recipe for Ty. It's a recipe for Ty <laughs> to be like, you know what? You haven't seen him all year. Boom. You know what I mean? And I agree. Like I'm, I'm. I think there's always a player that you should have on your roster that you're trying to have a spark with. Who needs to go in there, rough a couple of people up, pick up a few fouls, so your stars don't pick up the fouls and stuff like that. Like if Kawhi picks up three quick fouls because he's guarding Zion, that's an issue. That's why you have a PJ Tucker. But it's still not ideal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not. Yeah. 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 It, no, no, I get it. Cause like, like, like I was saying, like, okay, there, there were two names out there in my opinion that were realistic. Like, I'm not talking about Jeremy Grant. Like, that wasn't realistic. Right. Like, I'm talking like realistic. What I thought were realistic names out there that I really think could have helped. Um, first is Kelly Olynyk, mm-hmm. right? But Kelly Olynyk, dude, he went for a first round pick. Of course, Utah attached Agbaji to him to get the better pick out of the situation. Right. But like, we were never going to, the Clippers cannot match that offer. So Kelly Olynyk's off the board, like yeah. knowing that Utah's willing to give up a, a player that they drafted in the lottery and a first round pick. Like it's just, you know, getting a first, getting a player, excuse me, Toronto, getting back a player who was in the lottery and a first round pick and they get Olynyk. Like you're just not going to be able to compete with that. So there's that. And then the other guy, who was oh PJ Washington who uh, as well went for a first round pick and was way overpaid for on the market by the Mavs so like we the Clippers just didn't have the ammo to get the type of player that you're talking about I think who could more realistically hold up on both ends because PJ really can wholly only hold up on one end I think we we kind of acknowledge that like it would be amazing if he can hit a corner three but like that's that was his specialty five years ago like that even those days are pretty much past him so a guy who can hit threes and defend and do all this stuff like it's just not realistic that 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 person i think was really out there to get i to me what i wanted to see and to be honest i think at the bare minimum i was thinking they they find a way to get PJ Tucker off the books, and then they then the, at least it opens up a roster spot, but or maybe it opens up two because they have to you know throw somebody else in the deal. Uh, but another thing is I'm okay with the eight to nine man rotation we currently have. I was looking. I I just wanted them to, to entertain getting someone that we could throw into that eight to nine man rotation for specific matchups. So no one who's necessarily demanding to play, but someone that can play. <laughs> and I think that's where I'm... Because I, I still, like... Yeah. Like, PJ Tucker, like you say, has a specific skill, and if we need that specific skill, it's great that we have him. But, yeah. Uh, Jess, you want to chime in? Dude, I think you guys pretty much, like, hit every 
nail that needs to be hit. I, I think you guys had both, like when it comes to Jake and Clayton, they had really good points. I think PJ is still serviceable at times, but to me, my concern is that if I am seeing PJ in the game, um, just the situation that brings it brings forth this, you know, him him requiring to play is scary to me. And like the fact that this guy's not aware of the grand scheme of what his role is, like kind of also tells me what's going on there, right? He's already like saying this bullshit, excuse my language. Um, take note of that where it's where it's at. Sorry about that. But no, you're good. this guy doesn't know what his role is and he's very upset with it. So I don't like I am I agree with Brian. Like I don't it's kind of confusing. That, that's a fair point. I mean, the the Instagram post today is not yeah. a a positive sign that PJ is bought into doing whatever the team needs to do to win. But like, he's getting paid eleven million dollars. He's been in the NBA for sixteen years. He's living in Los Angeles. The guy has nothing to complain about. He will get on board with it because this is the best situation for him. So like, I, I he's in his feelings today. I'm not too worried about it, but it's a viable point for sure. Like, it's not good to have a bad vibes guy on the bench. Yeah, like he, so he put it on Instagram. This is all. All this is an effing joke. Um, and so I'm assuming he was given some confidence that he was gonna probably be moved, and it didn't happen. Um, or you know maybe he's saying all this is an effing joke <laughs> into everyone saying that he was unhappy, and now that he's stuck there, he's trying to say it's he's happy or whatever. Um, that's that's me uh, looking at a glass half full. Uh, yeah, like. I hope it doesn't affect the locker room in any way. I guess my only concern is, is it's kind of like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't with PJ. It's like if he goes in the game, you want him to be serviceable. You want him to contribute. You want him to play well. But if it's if it looks like it's working, then maybe Ty might do it too much. Or Ty might go to it in game five when we don't need it in game five, you know? Totally. You know, something of, something of that nature. Like I don't mind if he's if like the Clippers are – maybe looking a little too soft out there and he's like sure i'll throw pj in there but but maybe in game five we're up by 15 pj doesn't need to go in the game you know what i mean so it's like one of those scenarios and, and to your point brian it's like we've seen this before we saw rajon rondo right like he was trying to play rajon rondo in playoff minutes and he just was not doing it like he was yep so it's yep. like save tyler for himself you know so so now that he's here Number 17, put the jersey in the rafters because he's going to play some playoff minutes, and I hope there's some of the best playoff minutes he's ever played. And I'm with you. Uh, I'm going to be optimistic. I actually think he will be useful at certain points. I just don't want him to be part of the quote-unquote eight-man rotation in the playoffs, if that makes sense. Definitely. So, definitely. Uh, that being said, we didn't make a trade. Uh, so I guess the next move, if we are going to make a move would be a buyout candidate. Um, a player on our team would have to be cut. I would say the prime candidates right now would be a, if PJ was really that upset, Steve Ballmer found a way to buy him out. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other, the other one I'd probably say is Josh Primo. I would say could be a candidate to be cut so we could bring somebody else in 
Yes, except for I believe he's on a, a two-way deal, so I'm not, I'm not sure that it opens up a, a I, roster I, spot for you. You'd have to look that up for me. Uh, obviously, I think Brandon Boston Jr. is probably um, another guy who, if you thought there was someone who could really help your team um, in the playoffs, like you could do it for sure. I mean, in, in a way, I think moving on from Brandon Boston is less – um, important than like last year, what they gave up for Eric Gordon, you know, turn, turned into a decent pick, right? So like, it, these are the moves you kind of have to do at this time of year if you're trying to get better. So like, uh, so anyways, is Primo on a two way? No, uh, oh. it's Xavier Moon, Diabate, and Jordan Miller. That's yeah, okay, so okay, so yeah, so yeah, Primo I think is the the easiest to cut for sure. So Primo originally, you know, that's gonna be even harder for me to get that jersey if he's off the team at the end. Of the- so, that's how you better pre-order it uh so i think what happened was he originally was a two-way player but then they made the deal for harden then they had to i think they had a deadline where they had to get like a, an x amount of players so they just moved josh primo into the official roster Got it. i think i think i remember the controversy because we needed a center so instead of signing a center we moved josh primo and that was an issue <laughs> right yeah yeah totally uh so is there any, let's just say we hypothetically cut a player. Is there any bio candidates that you guys are interested in? Let me, so I went right before this and I went to like Hoops Hype and then I rechecked on Twitter to kind of see if there was anybody else that I missed. Um, so I'm going to throw out, here's the names of the, let's do this real quick. The names of the guys we can't get. Lowry is going to go to the Sixers. Dinwiddie's going to go to the Lakers. Fournier makes too much money. Joe Harris makes too much money. It sounds like he's going to go to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Marcus Morris makes too much money. So we can cross off yeah. Marcus Morris. Uh, obviously, this is a, a most people who are listening will be familiar that over the second apron, you can't add a player who makes more than the MLE, right? right? So even if they're bought out. So this is the list of players that we could that could be gotten. Most of these players have agreed to buyouts already. Some of them haven't yet, but are expected to. Thaddeus Young, Gallinari, Seth Curry, Daniel House, Corey Joseph, Robin Lopez, Chetty Osman, Chemezi Metu, Delon Wright, Derek Rose, and Killian Hayes. Um, I think, start with you, Jesse. Do, do you agree we can cross off all the guards on this list? Yeah. Okay, Actually, so, yeah, so, so right, so Seth Curry... Delon Wright, Derek Rose, Killian Hayes, Corey Joseph. We could cross all those off right away. I think yeah. that's fair to say. The ones that we're looking at here, I would say, are Thad Young, Gallinari, Daniel House, Shetty Osman, and Chemezi Metu. Of those five names, let's start with you, Jesse. Are, are, do any of those pique your interest at all? That's so funny because uh, before this, I was actually looking and I was looking at Gallinari in particular mm-hmm. um mainly because he kind of helps with that wing depth that we've been trying to fill if we're not gonna have pj tucker in that situation but i also feel like amir coffee serviceable enough or where if someone went down he, we can put him in the front we can put him in the starting starting lineup and then danilo gallinari he's still a decent three-point shooter and he gives spacing for that second unit so uh his defense obviously isn't great but I just think his offense, what he could bring, could be serviceable in an emergency situation. So that's why I was thinking Gallinari. All right, that's that's fair. 
What about you, Jake? Um, Thaddeus Young is probably my top pick. Um, veteran, like the three, four, um, looking to guard multiple positions. But my only problem with him is that his spacing is kind of bad. Obviously, he can't really shoot the ball like that. Um, but I've seen him play in Toronto this season, and he's not cooked. And I think that's my main thing. Like he's like he's still a, a serviceable NBA player. Gallinari, I have watched a couple Pistons games when they were like going through their whole like you know twenty game blue streak or whatever. He's kind of washed. Like, like, uh, like, yeah, it'd be nice to have him play like stretch four, take some shots Mm in the corner, but like, he's kind of like it's sad, you know. He's kind of he's kind of cooked. Um, obviously, like Clayton and Jesse said, we're cooking all the guards, no more. You give Ty Mm -hmm. Lue a guard, I promise you'll roll five out there. (laughs) Like, yeah. And then the the other forwards were so you said that young you're saying over Gallo and then there was Metu and um, House and Chetty Osman. I mean Chetty's kind of a guard. Wait, they cut Chetty Osman. Chetty Osman is has not yet been bought out, but according to oh. Hoops Hype, is expected to <laughs> I, possibly I know, be I know, bought out. I know Jake would love having listen, Osman on the team. Listen, I've been, I was follow, I've been following Wemby all year. Chetty Osman is a good player. This is what I've been saying for quite a while. My problem is he's undersized. I wish he were yeah, bigger, I agree. I agree. but he can really play. Like yeah. I've been, I, I watched the Spurs and he can actually really play. He's a really good play connector. He's a decent shooter and can get hot from distance. He can still guard. The problem is he can't guard up. Like yeah. he, he's not really capable of guarding fours, unfortunately, which is why I kind of like, and I will see what you guys think. I kind of like Daniel House. I I think that dude is just such a tough playoff player and I've seen him do it enough times where I'm just confident he's going to guard his position. He's going to be able to make threes. He already has chemistry with Harden, of course, as well. Um, But house or uh, because I just I'm with you, Gallo. Like, I love his offense, but he truly cannot defend. Like, he truly can't. He can still shoot and he can still make free throws and stuff but um and thad i don't know i'm torn on him i'm imagining a player like oh, he can still make free throws <laughs> i know i know <laughs> he can draw fouls and he can make free throws at a high rate you know it's yeah. it, it, it is an important skill that thad it's just like he's such an interesting player to me because he's such a winner but i hate his spacing like i just you know he, he doesn't do a lot with the spacing um where house i know is going to make threes um and Chetty, dude, Chetty's going to make threes for sure if he is bought out. So I'm going to make a case for Gallinari in a second, and I think Jake might know where I'm going with that. <laughs> but uh, uh, I would probably say Osman would be someone that I would look at because he, he, I feel like you could plug him anywhere. With the way the Clippers are currently set up, he could still play a little bit smaller than he has to. Like, yeah, he will get matched up against fours and have a tough time, but... If Kawhi or Paul George are on the court, it's not something that's going to scare me entirely defensively. Uh, and Metu, you know, he went to USC, so you know, I'm uh, uh, that's that's mainly that, <laughs> you know. So and he he's athletic, he's big, six ten, two hundred twenty five. He's not going to stretch the court too much, to be honest. But he's he could play us. It's, to be honest, he's more of just a small center or a skinny center, I would say. How's but his rebounding? It's fine. He doesn't play, I think, enough to really. Uh, it's show. funny. 
he was getting minutes on the Suns, and he was actually doing like pretty decent when they were trying to find out whether it was like Bull Bull or yeah. yeah. When when they were when they were at the beginning of the year, like messing with the rotations because of all the injuries and stuff, like he was getting some run. And then I think as of like late, um, you know, he's averaging about twelve minutes a game or so, and he shoots eighty eight percent from the free throw line, and he averages three rebounds per twelve minutes. You know, it's 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 but then at the same time it's like what does he do on the court that's necessarily better than what Plumlee or Tice are doing because I don't know if you're going to play them together so uh but you know I would buy the jersey because he went to USC um but Miguel Inari I think Jake might know where I'm coming with this we need a former Nick <laughs> if we're going to win the championship I'm and we not can- familiar with the Nick Playing. Can, can, you put, can you put me onto this? Like the past like 50 years, a former Nick has been on every NBA Finals roster. And so you need a former Nick on your team to be on your roster <laughs> to either make the finals or win the NBA Finals. So, like for the Nuggets last year, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. So, wow. apparent, so apparently wow. the champion for the last, I don't know, X amount of years has had a former New York Nick on their team. Yeah. And it's like, I only know this because I obviously follow the Knicks and, you know, so like Knicks Twitter and stuff like that. And they, everybody has brought it up for the last 50 years or whatever. But like Robin Lopez, when he was a buck, Bobby Portis was a buck. I mean, Bobby Portis was a Nick. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's another one right there. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, when the Lakers had, uh, when they did their run, did they have a former Nick on their team? I believe they did. I'm trying to think on the top of my head, though. Jared Smith. There we go. And they, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that you have to have a former Nick. So we had Marcus Morris. I was always kind of like, all right, you know, like, you know, yeah, right, we don't, we don't want to play him, but he's a Nick. Yeah. But we <laughs> yeah. don't. So I don't, did Thaddeus Young play for the Knicks? I don't think he did. No, I don't think he did. I don't think so. But I mean, he like, a, he was a net. I don't think he net. was a Nick. Yeah. Daniel House played for the, for the Knicks. Uh, Gallinari oh, played. Wait, wait, House did? Yeah, one game. Shout out Trent. He told me this. Oh, he played one all, game. Was I'm it at extra all in on Daniel House for sure? Oh, oh yeah. Daniel House. All right, let's do it. Because I didn't know he played the one game. So did he get traded? Played a game and then got traded again? Is that what? But he just Trent let me know like, yo, he only played one game as a Nick. I need to find this. Oh, know. he did. Yeah, I had it set up. Yeah, twenty twenty one, twenty one to twenty two. He played one game. Oh, he's the guy, dude. He's Harden's guy. There we go. I actually, I actually think we could pull this off now. <laughs> He's he thirty. He's thirty. He perfectly fits this team, and I love his like toughness. I don't know if you guys feel that watching Daniel House, but like that guy, especially in a big game, like seems to always just get his nose in there and make stuff happen. I don't know, but I might have an inflate. I, I may have an inflated opinion of him because he's getting bought out. Like, you know, I mean, it is what it is. He's 30. He's a, like a tick less athletic than he used to be, but he's still probably a bunch of ticks more athletic than PJ Tucker is. He could go in there and do the PJ Tucker stuff that we're asking. Uh, probably not as tough against uh, the centers that we're bringing yeah. up, but he could certainly uh get out there and get in front of a defender you know if he gets switched on it's not going to be as scary and stuff like that as maybe a gilinari or even pj for some guards uh 
Daniel, and the, the best part is he played three minutes in that game. I just looked it up. He played three minutes as a Nick. It counts. So I, I sign me up. If, uh, sorry, Josh Primo. I'll buy your jersey once PJ plays those playoff minutes, but you're going to have to get cut so we get Daniel House. <laughs> I, I think that's a no-brainer. I mean, Primo hasn't done anything. It's probably... I'd have to really think about it, but it might be the most embarrassing move of the Steve Ballmer era signing Josh Primo. Yeah, I, yeah, it's one of those like did, unless they really had expectations to play him. And I, I was when the when the move first happened, I was saying on the podcast a little bit. I was thinking like I, it might be a move for the future, right? If he plays well, then all of a sudden you have a lottery pick because the new CBA was scary, right? It was like, we're not going to be able to do anything because we're in the second apron. But now, then so I was like, maybe you pick up some of these players, these these players that teams have given up on. Maybe he can contribute a couple years down the line. And since you're the one who gave him another chance, he might be loyal to your franchise, right? Um, But then we got Harden, and then it's been like, no, we're not looking to 2025. We're looking now. And now I think Daniel House is a lot more important than Josh Primo. And so, and the whole Josh Primo thing, it's still doesn't matter what the verdict was. It's still, still a very sketchy situation. Yeah. Like, the, like I, I don't think anyone here would feel comfortable putting their names next to Josh Primo uh, and saying that he's proved anything that to, 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 to um, discredit anything of, of his past and his past history. So like, you know, I mean, it's one thing for Miles Bridges to go out there and, and put up a bunch of points and whatever, but like, I, I still think of him the same way. I still think of Josh Primo mm-hmm. the same way. And, um, I, I, you know, like I said, like I'd be happy to move on from Josh Primo just for that reason alone. I, I just think it's a, a stain on the team. Well, that's going to be my a, opinion. That's going to be a stain on the podcast too. When I have to wear that Jersey after this bet, but <laughs> nah, nah, I mean, it's, a, it's the perfect bet for that reason because it's the yeah. perfect player. <laughs> yeah. I looked it up. So and uh, a New York Nick is one player at least in the NBA Finals. So it doesn't have to be on the team, but he has to be in the NBA Finals. So for us to get past the Western Conference, we need at least a Nick. Uh, well, we would need a Nick, but like if if we don't have one and the other team has one in the Finals, we're fine. So a Nick oh. always has to be. Oh, okay. When Boston made it and, and Golden State, I just looked it up. When Boston made it and Golden State didn't have one, Boston had Luke Cornett. Oh, uh, okay. But mm. Golden State won. Okay. I mean, you have to have a Nick in the finals. So as long as the team we're playing against has a Nick, yeah, whether it's Bobby Portis or Luke Cornett, we're good. We're good on the East. Just following this, just following the script that uh, Silver's writing for us. All right, I just, I just gotta keep up with it. All right, all right. Is there any? All right, let me let me ask you guys this. Uh, just let's just say the Clippers, just like you know, they're gonna cut two guys or they cut three guys what's whatever they're like we like these x players in the buyout market this is a hypothetical but it's just for content is there any guards that are available that you're like you know what i would like to pick up that player to have on this roster even though we don't need them absolutely not no there's not one you won't even entertain the question <laughs> you know you want to talk about a high usage it's, you know um clayton you said Corey joseph Derek. Corey Joseph, um, DeLon Wright, right. Killian, Killian Hayes is the worst player I've ever seen. Not. So, so, um, so, so yeah. let's, let's go to Killian Hayes. Seth, Seth Curry. 
I'll take a shot on Seth. As long yeah. as you, you could be in the league. So I'll take a shot on Seth. Yeah, Seth wouldn't be too bad. Uh, Kays is an interesting one because I'm. It's not that I think he's good. I'm just surprised the Pistons released him halfway through the year. It just seems like they just cut like four guys today or something like that for I feel like really no reason. Um, I've been very invested in this Pistons season because like probably about twenty games into it, I was like, I, I just couldn't believe what I was watching because they weren't playing Sasser. They weren't playing Ivy. Mm-hmm. They were just doing so much Killian Hayes, and and I just I just had to see what was it was just once the win or once the losing streak started, I became very invested in them. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it for Killian Hayes at all, and like I I'm usually like not that guy. I hate to be a hater on guys like this, but like I really don't think he has any business in the NBA. And like this guy was taking minutes from genuinely interesting players on the Pistons and like seems like the early reports are that he was the one who was kind of pushing for this to try and get another opportunity somewhere and I just think that's crazy um mm. yeah, yeah I, I, I saw I saw a tweet this one put out of where it was but it was like while well, scrolling it said I guess uh Haynes asked for another opportunity and the Pistons said sure and then he's like the next opportunity for you is the bus stop <laughs> <laughs> dude he just he just totally lost Right. what he had before there's no question he's a former lottery pick is there so you do you feel like someone must have saw potential in him in the drafts do you think there's any potential at all in the rest of his career he better go overseas polish up like rj hampton i mean not uh dante exum right up. yeah i think i think something like that i think that would be really smart for him to go somewhere else and and um play to competition that's more to his level and try and get better because he's just not He's just not at an NBA level right now. And I don't really think, I mean, if he's desperate to stay in the NBA, I think a team will pick him up and put him on their G League team and just see what will happen. Like, I could see him on the Spurs tomorrow. Um, he he does seem like the type of person that will go play in the G League and put up, like, 25 points a night and then come back. He can't score, to- though. He cannot score. And he the G League's score. a lot easier than we think it is compared to, like, you know uh like uh i was talking to jake recently and he and we were talking about like do we feel like there's potential for jordan miller next year because we got if we something that we don't talk about too often is this terrence man contract situation is going to get very interesting starting next year so it was like right. do, do we feel like uh maybe starting next year they could start pushing jordan miller and we're like you know because he's kind of the terrence man archetype but it's it is one of those situations where it's like he's playing really good in the G League, but even Musa's putting up twenty twenty nights in the G League, but he comes to the NBA and he looks really raw. So like For sure. is is uh is that something we could expect from Jordan Miller? Like is is his game in the G League gonna translate to the NBA? So uh yeah, it's like one of those things where Killing Hands could go to the G League average twenty points a night, but then come back to the NBA and not be able to get like I used to, when I used to do my parlays, uh, I would take the under on like Haynes getting like six point five points. <laughs> like, it's I, I, it's crazy, man. It's <laughs> it's crazy how bad his scoring is. It's really, or, I think it really is the worst in the NBA, especially for his position. Yeah, he is absolutely. There's no question, bro. He is trash. It, it's I a shame. Uh, I have a question. Who did the Pacers end up getting during the during the deadline? The Pacers. Yeah. Uh, they traded. They got Marcus Morris. 
<laughs> but then Mark, but then Marcus goes to the Spurs. Marcus is getting bought out by the Spurs. So he's gonna end up somewhere. Yeah, uh, they got um, who did the 76ers send their way for healed? Also, House, um, yeah. but House is getting bought out too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Here's he got bought out. Yeah, the Pacers didn't get anybody new. Then, wait, didn't they get uh, Corey Joseph, or am I thinking of somebody else? They cut them already. So. They, they, yeah, I, I think. Well, I mean, but they already made a gigantic trade. They traded for f- freaking Pascal Siakam. They made yeah. a gigantic trade. So yeah, th- th- yeah, this was right. just like this was just figuring out the uh, auxiliary pieces and going all in on. It seems like they just went all in on offense. Mm-hmm. So in- interesting with where their team is at. Why not? Yeah. See, it seems like the uh, the NBA in general today was making a lot of moves preparing their payrolls for next year and then you know some marginal moves to help them compete this year yes. uh the big moves happened earlier in the year with james harden and pascal siakam like you said um ananobi that was a big one yeah, yeah. Oh, so so hold on so let's like pivot to like i guess like the the big thing that came out maybe like three hours ago right like mm-hmm. peace extension like you know paul george's mm-hmm. extension the extension deadline should be in the next two weeks that, yeah, I think that's about right. Like two weeks. I think it's a week after All Star break, so it should be in the next two weeks. Something uh, like that. Yeah, I'll look it up real quick. They're saying that uh, Indiana is like, you know, that he's looking at Indiana and he's like, oh man, you know, I'm 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 liking it. And and uh, Jake Fisher from Yahoo or whatever came through and he said, uh, PG's like mutually in- interested and Indiana's interested, and it would even end up in a Siakam for PG swap. A sign and trick. So really? yeah, there's no to me that that version of it is no downside. If we're trading with the Pacers, like we we we're gonna get assets. Like we're gonna get Siakam back and possibly another good player. Like we're gonna get some serious stuff back. If 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 the threat is the Pacers, I'm zero percent worried because they have a lot of talent and a lot of things that I would be happy to get from them because we're mm-hmm. gonna have James Harden and Kawhi Leonard on the team. The the weird one which we need to also point out is that the Sixers had the weirdest trade deadline ever. Crazy. They traded yeah. for Buddy Heald, right? So everybody's like, okay, Embiid's going to come back. This is a win-now move. And then they trade Patrick Beverly to the Bucks. Like, yeah. we know as Clipper fans how impactful Patrick Beverly can be, and especially for a team who's – been the worst point of attack defense team in the entire NBA. They just got Patrick Beverly for like nothing. Like the Sixers are definitely a threat with this cap space situation. I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. But that's the only situation where PG could go where we would get nothing back and it's a problem. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like the Patrick Beverly and Daniel House like whole kick out thing was kind of on some like Yo, your boy Harden not here anymore. Get out. You know, mm. I feel like, mm. like your boy Harden not here. Like, there's no, there's no space for you. Like, get out of here. But send sending Pat to the Bucks. Yeah, like, if I'm a Sixers fan, I would be pissed. What did what did trade? Did they even say what they traded Pat for? Or did they uh, just yeah, oh, they shit. traded him for um a campaign. Oh hell no. yeah, yeah, campaign a second round pick. It's crazy, dude. Crazy so, to so your I, biggest I, rival, to your biggest competitor. Yeah, to, to a team you might meet in the playoffs. So, wait, I have a question. What's going on with uh, Joel Embiid? So, is he going to get a surgery? 
So I'm assuming he's out for the year. That's why I was intrigued by the heel trade because I was like, are they trying to improve or are they not trying to improve? I have no idea. But interesting, they, they haven't officially rolled him out yet. So it could be, I think it's going to end up being with a little, maybe more transparency or whatever, but it's going to be similar to the Kawhi thing. I think it depends where the team is competitively at the end of the year, whether Joel Embiid comes back or not. But so I don't know. Yeah, I think because uh, I, I thought I had suffered a meniscus tear. Mm-hmm. So I think there's recent studies that say like there's a possibility that you don't need to remove the meniscus that it's actually yeah, but, like. But the, but the problem, Jesse, for him is that it, it's not like a straight tear. It, it actually specifically says it was like this flap situation. Oh, the meniscus really? okay. flapped over. So what that requires is it's surgery to put it back in place and fix it. Right. So like it's out of. The, it's folded over yeah. where it's not supposed to be so they have to go in and do surgery just the question is how long it's going to take to recover and those recovery times are obviously getting yeah. shorter but it's joel and bead i'm expecting him to i wouldn't rush season. so so i'm so i looked it up and i can't really find this specific date but i remember hearing something online it's it has to happen this month or something like that um so do you think it gets done this month the extension? Yeah. I think it gets done next week. Okay, because I was going to... I think it might happen around the All-Star break, right? I think it at the All-Star break. In the All-Star break. Okay, like it'll be some news that pops up like yeah, while we're watching a very underwhelming dunk contest or something. Like, right. it's, exactly. yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how you can be so confident with that. Like, I feel like it's kind of weird that... <laughs> well, what, what, what's the... But Jesse, what's the threat that, that besides the Sixers... Who, like I said, like they're a legit threat if they really are going to renounce all of their players besides Embiid and Maxi and have max cap space. Like that's the only yeah. team I see an issue of him going to. Is there another team that you're scared of him going to? I got one. I know you're gonna say the New York Knicks. Yep. And I'm not lying. Like I. Do they, but how? But how? But, but that would but again. That would be a trading situation, right? Like we would have. We would be getting yes, we, we would stuff get some, in return. We, we would get like some a, any any situation where he's going somewhere else because you know they didn't perform in the playoffs and he's requesting a trade somewhere. Like I'm all for it. Like if if that's what it comes down to, it's all good. I'm just worried about the one situation where he could go to cap space. That's it. And I think he, he can pull off what James Harden wants, right? Like he can just say, "I'll sit out." and force himself to a location that he wants to be in i, I think players have that i guess they oh well no but he I has no back. deal he, he'd yeah, be yeah. on an exp- i mean i mean he would yeah. have to do what harden did last year which is pick up the option mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and then yeah yeah you're right force his way to another team I, but again we would be extracting so much in that situation that i'm not again like I'm just not worried about whatever Paul George's situation is because I don't see a place for him to go that he would want to go where the Clippers wouldn't be able to get really good stuff in return for him. Reaching right now. Like I, I was, I was saying, I fully think LeBron's going to go to the Knicks, by the way. Like, I'm pretty sure that's like a thing. I, I, I just think myself, but I go, man, Boston is still good. The Knicks get LeBron. They bolster their roster. They look like, I mean, they still have their draft picks for like God's sakes, right? But then I tell myself, why would PG go to Indiana and try to go win against that? You know, yeah. it makes no sense. But besides the fact of anything, the Knicks are in play for anybody, like anybody, you know. They have, just, they have, the, they have the assets. Assets, like, you know, and, and 
There was a report last year that came out, right, that said um, PG and the Knicks was a thing. Mm-hmm. That they reached out to the Clippers, like RJ Baird, Emmanuel. Basically, what they gave the Raptors, they were going to give the Clippers, right? And um, that there was an issue with the fourth year. They, that PG wanted an extension on top of it. That's what that's what the report said. Yeah, know? no, you're right. I remember that. That's, that's so. So totally the way I, the, the way I look at it is two ways: is he does the extension, then he does the extension. Cool. We have we have PG. We have the big three almost locked up. We gotta get harder in the off season, but I'm confident that it could probably happen. If for whatever reason the extension doesn't get done, and this goes into the off season. And I do give credit to athletes who do this, but then PG needs to bet on himself. And he like, it's not just that he can't flame out. The Clippers probably can't flame out because he, his name is attached to whatever the Clippers do. So keep in mind next year, he'll be 35 years old. I don't know if another team, especially with the new CBA is going to throw cash at him like that. If the Clippers flame out. Now they they're he's still gonna get close to max money, but I still feel like in the current situation the Clippers are gonna be able to offer him more money and be able to maybe if he really wants that fourth year, they might just give him the fourth year. But I I like he he probably feels like he's around fifty so million dollars, but I'm sure the Clippers are trying to get it between forty five and fifty. And the way he's been playing the last couple of weeks, he's probably not helping his cause. <laughs> so, uh, I well, we'll see. But like, 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 I'm with you, Clayton. Is we either have PG at the end of this, or we're probably gonna get something back in return, and we might not get a ton back. Keep in mind, we'd be shipping out a 35 year old player who either flamed out or played really well. We don't know. Maybe somewhere he, well, in between. I, mean, I will correct you on that. He's 33 now. He will be turning 34 at the end of this season next year will be his 30 age 34 season so that and i do think that that makes a significant difference between 34 and 35 especially um you know when we're talking about that one extra year that one that extra couple million those things it, it, the age definitely matters and he is a little bit younger you're right i think i think i'm probably trying to make my case for he he will be 35 if he's deep into the playoffs next season you guys agree that like uh when I guess push comes to shove, like, let's say when Kawhi, when Kawhi signed his extension, that kind of set the market, mm-hmm. right? I mean, what, clearly what's being argued is the fourth year. <laughs> like, I, 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 do, I do think when Kawhi signed his extension, though, it, and this is just me speculating as a fan from the cheap seats, basically, is... This is officially Kawhi's team, and either Paul, you could be part of it, or you could go somewhere else, kind of thing. That's what, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, not... I don't disagree with that in some. I don't think that's Kawhi's like. I don't think that's what he was trying to do with that extension by any means. But right. you're right that like both of you are right. It sets the standard for the team, and the team now has Kawhi. It seems like we have Harden in the bag, and I remember coming on the pod with you guys a couple of years ago even and talking about how the thing that this team has been missing is 
what you need to build around Kawhi is a really good solid team. It's actually not an amazing team. It's like a B team. Like you need a team that just plays at a B level always. Mm-hmm. And then he's the ultimate ceiling raiser to take you over the top. Right. So mm-hmm. you, you insert him into this Raptors team that had been consistently winning 50, 55 games every year. Of course you, you take DeRozan out, but you add in Kawhi to a core of a team that had done so much winning for so long that yes, they had those playoff scars, but that's what Kawhi is the best at, I think. And I think Harden, I was dead wrong on him. He totally has that left in him. He's a 50 win player on his own. I didn't think he had that left. Um, he did. He is, he's proven it for sure with the Clippers. So like, mm-hmm. as long as you have those two guys, you have a chance. If Paul George wants to live in Los Angeles, be a super high paid player, be in one of uh, the, be in the newest best arena in basketball, be with his friends, be part of all of that. He's going to have to make some concessions on his next contract. Like if it's about money in years, it's not going to be with the Clippers. But I also don't see this other magical team that he can go to that is going to give him everything he wants. You're a marquee player. You get five years, you get the max. That thing doesn't really exist unless it's Philly and I don't really buy it. Um, And, you know, I'm just not that, I'm really not that worried about it. I'm really not. Like, I feel like his agent is being super desperate right now with this Pacers stuff with all the stuff that's been leaking about Paul George, the Zach Lowe bullshit, like, sorry to swear again there. Um, But you know, like (laughs) I just can't believe that I will, we'll talk about Zach Lowe another time, but that guy's anti clipper (laughs) nonsense propaganda that obviously comes from PG's agent. So yeah, I mean, you want to get on board? You want to have, you want to play basketball in LA for the next four years? I, I don't think the years, I think it's the dollars. I think it's like taking less than the max. I think it's like, we, they, I think they're looking at him and saying, we're happy to give you four years, but you got to get on board with making this team. Like you, you're going to have to take less than the max to be a leader on this team to make sure that this team can continue moving forward. Harden's going to do it. Kawhi's going to do it. You're going to do it. That's how this mm. is going to work. And, and with Paul George and maybe like I was sound, sounding a little negative saying that, that maybe it doesn't exist. Say, it's not that, that I just don't think like he's going to get a better situation anywhere else. Like he might technically get three or $4 million more somewhere else, but his situation might not be better. He might and, get twenty million more somewhere else. If we're talking about like an extra year and like this, yeah. the max and like everything that he could possibly get, but like it, he's made I don't know two hundred million in his career, probably probably more. Like the only, he, the only thing I could think of would be if he's like the the Clippers do flame out again. The Clippers have a tough time. They don't make it past the second round, or they lose in the Western Conference Finals to somebody and. He and he legitimately feels like he wants to win a championship, and he just, you know, he looks, he looks in the mirror, looks at the team, and he's like, "This is not the team to do it." And then he's like, "You know what? I'll go somewhere where I think they can." I don't think that's the Pacers, <laughs> uh, but it could I was gonna be. Say, well, I hope I hope it's the Pacers. If we can get back Siakam and a lot, a bunch of good stuff, and, and younger uh, players who actually could develop into something more. I mean, like, mm-hmm. make make your own bed, PG. I'm good with it. 
So I, I fully expect like I fully expect him to be back. Even if he doesn't sign the extension this week, I do feel like if this doesn't get worked out this month, it gets worked out in the summer. Um but uh I, I want to go back to uh, the Harden stuff you're saying, Clayton, because I, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to pull receipts. I'm not, I'm not doing that. But there was a mean you were. I was going to invite you on the podcast in November, mm-hmm. and we were going to basically debate on the Harden move, the potential Harden move, because it was dragging out. It was probably October actually. We were, it was dragging out. We were pro Harden, and and you you um you were saying I was that, super like, anti Harden for sure. You're super yeah. anti Harden, and uh. We never got to have that podcast. We finally got you on and uh, you said you kind of flipped the script on that. And I was like, what, what made you change your mind? Well, I've been interested in Harden going back to his last season in Houston when there were all these rumblings about his next contract and the fact that he wanted to get a five-year max um, with the Rockets. And at that time, Um, I was doing a podcast and I was talking about, dude, like this guy's numbers are going down. Like the arrow is pointing the wrong way on him. Five-year max for him is not a good idea. Like this is just what I was pointing out. That's, Mm -hmm. this is, you know, I wasn't saying he wasn't a good player. I wasn't saying anything. I was saying if the Rockets give this guy a five-year deal for the super max, they're going to be in a tough spot because the arrow is pointing down on this guy. Then I'll say he went to the Nets and I was very impressed with that initial run on the Nets, as I think pretty much everybody was when he took his usage down and he stopped shooting so much. And there was that, what was it, three weeks <laughs> when mm-hmm. they looked like the most amazing team ever. Um, and then, of course, it flames out. I don't blame him for those reasons, but it's a part of his story. He goes to Philly. And in Philly, I saw a lot of the same thing that I was seeing in Houston, which is that like the arrow is pointing down, like physically, he's just not the same guy. He can't get by guys like he used to Um, at a high usage as a high usage guy. He just doesn't have the same efficiency that he used to like Mm -hmm. all those numbers are going down. That's just true about him. But what I didn't know when they signed him and he took this, he took what he did with the Nets and he actually made it even better because he sprinkles in just enough scoring on top of it. Um, He's really landed in an amazing place. And I think physically and mentally, he's just in a really good place. Um, The way he sets guys up, the vertical spacing that he's added with our bigs, um, the wide open threes that he's generating, it doesn't matter that he can't get by guys because what I think I underestimated was how severely guys like Kawhi were going to get double teamed and having a ball handling genius like James Harden be the operator of that is just, you know, it's completely changed this franchise. It's changed everything about this team. And there's nothing, there's really nothing negative I can say about Harden from a point guard standpoint. Like he's Mm -hmm. arguably the best point guard. I think the Clippers have ever had. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like even compared to Chris Paul, like, some of the stuff that this guy does. And when one thing that's really turned me on him and then I'll let you speak was Mm -hmm. I've noticed the moment someone gets a rebound, by the way, James Harden is leading the team in minutes. So the moment someone gets a rebound and James is on the court, which he's mostly on the court leading the team in minutes, everyone looks, where's James? 
where's James? And they don't even dribble. They hold the ball and they wait until they see James and they hand him the ball. And it's not because they don't think they can do it or like whatever. It's they genuine. You can tell there's a genuine belief. This guy is going to make the best thing happen on the next possession. And that belief has so ingrained into the team that I've just completely won over by him. Like, I really am. Like, I'm, I'm all in for the next, you know, three years of Harden. Like, he's got that in the tank. I'm sure of that. That other stuff, defensively, the way he moves, the shooting, it has gone down. But as a point guard, it doesn't matter as much compared to when he used to play like Luka. Yeah, I was I was kind of concerned. I was like, especially in that first, like, two-week sample size that we had, there was a lot of possessions too when Russ and him were on the court, they would kind of split the ball carrying duties. And then, it, then we realized just put the ball in James Harden's hand. And I guess Russ could be off the ball and it, it, it hasn't been perfect, but it's worked better recently. Uh, but um, I was just thinking about the other day. I was like, Oh man, but like, do we really want this three to be the team three years from now? And then, but I was thinking about I'm like, eh, Kawhi would only be, 34 or 35 by then and then i was like you know what like if chris paul at this stage of his career could still be an nba player then i'm sure james harden could still be an nba player by then too and definitely definitely and he probably looks like he's in the best shape he's been in in probably about three or four years like you know he's playing like you said he's playing the most minutes he's not taking nights off he he on a back to back he played like what 38 minutes one night and then 41 the next you know and he he's he's not slowing down and how many times does this year has he bailed us out <laughs> you know what i mean uh, yeah i mean that shot making that shot making that he has in his back pocket is just so deadly and he so rarely has to use it that it seems kind of fun for him. Like, it seems like he has these sort of moments when he realizes the team needs me right now. And you mm-hmm. can kind of see that glimmer in his eye. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna try and cook and see what can happen right now. And he can make some special stuff happen still, man. <laughs> he really can. We saw in the playoffs last year, too. I mean, that, that was something I was, you know, I mean, like, he did, he did have, what, two, Jake, you'll know, two 40-point games last year what? in Philly. Is that right? While Embiid was out too. While Embiid was out, we must remember Embiid was out in the playoffs, and he left Harden by himself. Game one, he walks in there, TD Garden, lights it on fire. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They don't. They don't need nearly as much as the Sixers were asking him, which was part of my concern. Was like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna dominate the ball. He's gonna like play his way. But dominating the ball for him actually now is just being a point guard. It's not dominating the ball. He he. It's like it's not like Luca. He plays totally different now. He plays mm-hmm. like a traditional point guard. It's very interesting. And, and he's actually over the last few years slowly slowly has made that transition and i didn't even think it was going to be this seamless moving into the clippers because like last year what i saw he was doing with the 76ers i was like the clippers just need a really good facilitator and he could be that person he could slow the game down for Kawhi, paul george and etc but i I didn't think it was going to be like to a t like this james harden either and it's it's been impressive it's been fun to watch I'm I'm going to say something hyperbolic and bold, but this stretch of Clippers basketball has been probably the best Clippers team of all time. Like the 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 results at the end of the season might not add up to what this is, but this this two month sample size 
of the Clippers is probably the best Clippers team we've ever had. I would agree in my about 20, 20 something years of, of watching them. I would say this is definitely the, the highest end team. Like they have, like there, there were teams that had a very special sort of like they were bigger than the sum of their parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were really special for those reasons, but this team definitely is the best combination of like high end talent, chemistry, coaching, everything is really sort of like the synergy is actually there. Um, yeah. And we haven't had that since <sighs> I would say probably until we lost to the Rockets um, that, you know, like that up until that moment, there was a lot of synergy going on. Um, and then that moment, you know, destroyed, I think Lob City going forward and, um, this team certainly has that possibility, right? Like we could have yeah. some terrible Pelicans in the first round and who knows what'll happen after that well, uh, if well, they were to lose, but you know, but, but yeah. to your point, yes, I, I would agree with you that this is the best Clippers team of all time, everything considered. And, and to that, to that point, and I'll make this short so we can wrap it up uh dante jones on the podcast p show basically was talking about how toxic the slop city was you know chris paul and blake griffin practicing at different times of the day you know one's after practice the other one's before and um when things were good things were fine you know winning cures all but when things when there was adversity it, it was it became really difficult in the locker room and you don't see that too much with this team now we'll see what happens when we hit adversity but to be honest like that first two it's it the, the, what feels different about this year i feel like the most adversity we've played was like we started three and seven we were really bad with james harden for the first two and a half weeks or so and i feel like we already hit our adversity point now it's just keeping it together and moving forward and as long as the cliche if everyone stays healthy like i i think like in a seven game series i'll take the clippers almost every over anybody at this point Especially if PJ Tucker is going to go in there and rough some people up. <laughs> Taking him over the Nuggets? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Is there is is there any <laughs> is there any team that you would pick the pick over the Clippers right now? The Nuggets, but You'd just pick... the champs. Like it's hard for me to it's hard for me to go right. You know. I would also pick. I would pick Denver right now. Okay. Um. But I, I, I wouldn't say it's how it's been in years past where, like, let's say the last Kawhi healthy run, 2021, I probably would have, I probably would have given the Nuggets, like, at least a 70% chance to win. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's much closer to a 50-50 bet at this point, and I would just go on the, the matchup and um sort of history to to go with denver on that and that's just like if i were putting my money down on it how about you jesse uh i know i'll probably get a lot of flack for this one but uh i'm not really concerned about well i not just i guess the one i'm really concerned about would be if for some reason it happens stars align lakers Uh, yeah. Oh, no, uh, dude, I, about the Lakers. Dude, I, I, I'm more worried about the pressure 
that it brings upon. I think really? Hawaii can handle it. I I just I don't know about the other guys. It's a, every team, every game will feel like a road game. Yeah, uh, and you then think, the media you think coverage. Lakers, you think Lakers is more pressure than Denver? Yeah, actually, actually, yeah, I would say so. If, Ooh, if, if, interesting. In, ter- in terms of just matchup, doesn't matter where it's at in the playoffs. If we had to play the Lakers in the playoffs, there'd be more yeah. pressure. To There's win a lot of team. pressure. When it comes I just think that bubble, though, man, the bubble, like yeah. they they haven't lived that down yet, and I don't think, like the the Clippers and Lakers don't have a rivalry. Like most people just genuinely believe the Clippers have been a better team for a decade. And that's just the truth of it. So like in the playoffs, I, I think I, I think that goes out the window. I think, I think everyone, you, you know, casual fans who haven't been watching basketball are going to start talking crap at the workplace, you know, yeah. stuff like that. It's, 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 yeah. gonna, I think yeah, you maybe might, the you fans, might be right. You might, be it, right. It's, it's fans, kind of, yeah, the oh, fans might feel, I was gonna say the fans might feel it more than the players, but I, I think the, the, they'll be pressured. They'll feel it and the energy, they'll feel it. You yeah. know, uh, yeah, go ahead. I think they'll be fine, man. Like, at some point, if they match up, like they gotta be like, bro, <laughs> I'm here for you. Like, let's go. No, we 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 have the best overall record at the crypto, and we plan to keep that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, uh, is there? You, any, what about the Suns? Absolutely you, no. Royce O'Neal and David Roddy. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I I have no worry about them. Uh, Minnesota got Monte Morris. Monte Morris is not a playoff player. Uh, OKC got Hayward. Okay, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Denver, New Orleans, Sacramento, Golden State, Lakers did nothing. None of those teams I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. The Mavs. The Mavs just gave up their last um, remaining pieces for PJ Washington and Daniel Gafford. Luca's going to be on a new team in two or three years, max. Like, this is the end of the Mavs. I'm not worried about them. It's just Denver to me. It's just Denver and, and New Orleans slightly. There, there's, there's specific players that I'm concerned more than the teams. Like, you know, like I, I don't like playing against Luca because his team could play absolutely like crap. He could shoot 31% from the field and the, he'll still be in the game in the fourth quarter. It just happens like that with Luca. Uh, Jokic, I'm worried about. Uh, I kind of want to say Kevin Durant, but to be honest, I'm not too concerned about Kevin Durant. Um, if Luca's still on the Mavs in 2028, I'll buy a Josh Primo jersey. Sweet. <laughs> and I want it to be on the team he's currently on. And... Luca's so gone, dude. That team is such a dumpster fire. That's why I want to leave um, everyone on. That team right. is a dumpster fire. Luca is out of there. We I won't like have it. to worry about him soon. He'll be on the Knicks or whatever. I, I wrote that years. down. All right. I'll... 2028, Luca, I'll... somewhere else, either I'll... Lakers or Knicks or something. I got I got your number today, so I'll text you and be like, "Hey, uh, here's the link to the Josh Primo jerseys." Beautiful. <laughs> or uh, you know what I'll do? I'll just send you mine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, on that note, you can find our podcast wherever you find your podcast. You can find us on X at LA Clips Forum. Please say hi. I've noticed, especially around the trade deadline, people have been more interactive. We appreciate it. Keep stopping by. Keep saying hi. Uh, but uh, Jake, do you have anything you want to promote? Uh, JakeBarnes.com. We were going, we're going to have maybe like a shirt or two drop uh within the month this month, and then we'll go into next uh month that we'll have something with the Clippers coming out. So I'll let you guys know about that, and then uh, yeah, we'll see what's up. <laughs> we'll see what's up soon. So yeah, JakeBarnes.com and, and Hardenheimer.
Oh, and the Hardenheimer. Shout out, yeah, and the Hardenheimer. And the Hardenheimer. We'll do that too. Dude, uh, James Harden's going to be on another team by the time we drop that. But... <laughs> we'll try to do it this month. This month. All right. Uh, Clayton, what do you got going on? Uh, no, just everyone go check out Jake's stuff and all, all that good stuff. New Touche More album this year, new entry album this year. I don't know. Lots of music stuff. I'm probably going to put out the most music I've ever put out this year. That's what I'm hoping for. So, oh, sweet. Um, yeah, but no, I'm just excited about the Clippers. Thanks for having me on, guys. For real. Yeah, you could come on anytime. Just be like, hey, I want to be on the next episode and we'll make it happen. Uh, Jesse, do you have anything? Probably not. Uh, no, but you know <laughs> what? What claims music's great. Touche more. Amazing. Uh, Entry. Also, sh- yeah. wait, shout out to who did the theme song for y'all? So, uh, uh <laughs> we, we just got it off uh we're about to you know let let the people know i mean we don't I, have to I, we don't have to we, we could we could leave it we could do it offline uh, i'm saying this uh, song it, this song's it, a f- song fire it is beep <laughs> and then i'll let you know off the I'll, all, off right, the all right all right all right uh we uh appreciate everyone who's listening you know you guys could be doing anything with your time but you spend it listening to us and we appreciate it we're out peace, peace.